on this week's dose, we have quite the quad of startups to cover for all of our pilgrims out there. First up, you'll hear about Voice AI, the company that allows individuals to change their voice online in real time, and their $6 million funding round led by Mucker Capital and M13. Next, tune in for a breakdown on TopKey, an expense management startup for short-term rental property managers hot off a $5.2 million seed round led by Felicis Ventures with participation from A16Z, Y Combinator, and many other notable investors. Then you'll hear about Honey Homes and their $9 million Series A led by Coastal Ventures. The company offers handyman on-demand service for homeowners. And lastly, Stick with us for a breakdown on Pano AI, which is an AI-powered wildfire detection startup that just raised a $17 million Series A extension led by Valor Equity Partners to address the growing problem of wildfires. Yeah, great to be back together this week. And with that, into it, we shall get. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks. Just I had to mix it up somehow. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein by the hosts and their guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast should not be construed as reflecting the views or implied endorsement of independent brokered solutions, LLC, or any of its officers, employees, or agents. The statements made herein should not be considered an investment opinion, advice, or recommendation regarding securities of any company. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a security. Is he here, kid? This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, first company of today is Voice AI. They just announced a $6 million funding round led by Mucker Capital and M13. Now, this company allows individuals to change their voice in real time with over 50,000 existing voice filter options available. Now, you can also create your own versions of these, tweak them however you want, and people are creating more and more every day. They've got nearly half a million users today with 120,000 of those in their Discord community alone. So think about the types of people that are using this technology. It's mostly gamers, content creators, folks online that want to change their voice. Yeah, quite a strong community there on Discord, as you mentioned. And the cool thing with this technology is that it's available for use on Mac, PC, Android, as well as iOS, and is hopefully soon to be available on other platforms like Meta, Unreal, and Unity. A little more on the founder, Heath Ahrens. He actually established the first ever cloud-based text-to-speech platform back in 2007, way ahead of his time, which was called iSpeech.org, a tech which eventually led him to develop iSpeech Home, which actually became a precursor to Alexa and Google Home, which we see so frequently in everybody's homes these days. He has also built over 50 mobile apps and acquired an additional 50 more apps. This yeah. guy loves apps. He loves apps. He loves voice. <laughs> he loves voice technology too. So a clear expertise there at, at that cross section. A little bit more on the competition though. Clearly a fierce competitive space. 
broadly within AI. Then you bring it down into the audio-related AI, which we've certainly covered a couple of those at least, and narrow that even further down into voice disguise startups. There's actually a couple of others that are tackling this type of technology as well in slightly different ways, but pretty similar. The first is Eleven Labs. They're really good at cloning voices. So think about probably celebrities, actors, singers. They recently raised $19 million. The other one is Respeecher, based out of Ukraine. They're famous for their Hollywood clients, specifically developing Darth Vader's voice to sound just like the original voice from James Earl Jones. So both of these doing a little bit something different, but certainly competitors to voice AI. Wow, the legendary James Earl Jones. It's interesting to find this competitive space that voice AI has found itself in. But the startup's differentiator is that they want to take this tech that's reserved for businesses and bring it to the masses in a more affordable fashion. Additionally, according to the founder, the company's focus remains not on replicating other voices, but rather keeping the core essence of the user's voice. So think emotion, pacing, intonation, as well as emphasis, and then just being able to augment the user's voice in real time. Pretty cool. Yeah, I was thinking we we should have signed up for their beta and done this <laughs> this whole episode <laughs> in like some as crazy Darth Vader. voice. No, no, we wouldn't be as Darth Vader because that's the differentiator. Uh, the competition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't be right. using can't be using respeecher on the voice AI segment. No, but I mean I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to lose your emotion, pacing and emphasis, man, you know. That's that's special. Can't put a price on it. No, you can't. Maybe next episode. But yeah, I think to to wrap up this segment, I found it interesting what the investors made note of and it's in the article that we linked here at the end of it. They both saw a particular value in voice AI's strategy when it came to their emphasis on building a community of AI developers. So again, go back to the types of folks that are using this. They're really building that community and allowing them to contribute to the growth and direction of the technology in addition to the existing voices, the 50,000 voices. This will be a key differentiator for the company as they compete with these others and inevitably new entrants that will come in the future. And it's sort of this open source strategy that I think both investors saw value in, in addition to a really strong team. So it'll be really interesting to see how the community helps drive the growth. We've covered other companies in the past that leverage their community to drive the growth and and even the creation of new products. So I think it's pretty smart. Yeah, agreed. It's always interesting to see open source strategy as well as community building as some of the key components and differentiators for a startup. So curious to keep tabs on this one and see what voice AI has in its future. Yes, sir. And for our second company of today, we're going to talk about TopKey, an expense management company for property managers that just announced a $5.2 million seed round led by Felicis Ventures. The round also included participation from some notable ones, A16Z or Andreessen Horowitz, as well as Y Combinator and many more. The company, similar to Brex and Ramp, Ramp, which we covered last year in one of our doses, they focus on property managers and small property management businesses, many of which are in the short-term rental space. So that's kind of their differentiator from companies, the big ones like Brex and Ramp. 
their focus on this property management market. Right. And to double down on the opportunity set here, these companies, these property management companies, which are sometimes just individuals, have to take care of a lot of stuff for the owners. So maintenance, restocking, cleaning, all the other hassles that can pop up on the radar. And not to mention that they typically have a lot of different owners to deal with, different properties to look over. So being able to streamline their experience would certainly be beneficial. Also, typically 10 to 20% of costs are eaten by property managers because they are not properly tracked. So just this is another opportunity for TopKey to come in and eliminate some of these inefficiencies and really optimize the experience. Yeah. So their solution is that they offer credit cards that automatically track these expenses based on who owes the expense, whether that's the guest or the owner. So making sure they're tagging that and eliminating that 10% to 20% cost that Brandon just mentioned. Their solution is also easily synced with existing accounting and billing softwares to make it seamless. And they have some other cool features I wanted to make note of. You can set custom limits on cards to limit spending and, and rein things in. You can text pictures of receipts. So physical receipts you may have from just going to the store real quickly to, to purchase something for the property. And they're going to automatically track and tag those expenses for you. Not to mention 1.5% cash back on every charge with the card. So all around a great service for property management companies and individuals. Yeah, no, a lot of exciting features that you mentioned there. And as for down the road further expansion plans, they've got a whole plethora of new features that they're looking to introduce as well, which include integrations with other property management technology, as well as a marketplace that offers exclusive discounts. And additionally, I think this already goes hand in hand with some of the features you covered, but just an availability of better real-time insights that'll capture things like duplicate subscriptions, surprise charges, and other things that go under the radar and contribute to those hidden charges that property managers frequently just have to eat. Additionally, we're already seeing other use cases for this technology in instances like parking lots and pools for homeowners associations. And in terms of even further down the road, they will soon offer a service for companies that manage hotels. So imagine all the different individuals and components of the property that managers of hotels have to worry about. Yeah, I think it's a really smart place for them to start with the short-term rental space, given how many people mm -hmm. are getting into that as investments. They're oftentimes not in the place where the property is. So there is therefore a big need for these property management companies and a growing need. And I don't think there's really companies that are helping them like this. So I think it's a really smart place to start. And with those expansion opportunities, it's exciting to see where they can take this type of service, a really vertical integration. Yes, we're, we're bringing that back. Baby. Yes. <laughs> a real vertically integrated product can be applied to other industries as well. Okay. And for our third story on this week's dose, we have Honey Homes, which is a membership service that provides homeowners with on-demand access to a dedicated handyman and that just secured a $9 million Series A. The round was led by Coastla Ventures with participation from Pair VC, as well as some notable angel investors like the co-founders of DoorDash, Lyft, Opendoor, and more. And so one distinguishing feature of Honey Homes is that they hire their handymen as salaried employees, which help ensure consistency and quality of work amongst the handymen. Yeah, and because the handymen are salaried, they also receive benefits, which is a rarity in an industry that's typically relied on contractors. So a big win for the handymen out there. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> Let's go. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm definitely partial to this industry, somewhat adjacent to the space that I'm in at Interplay Learning, which we've covered in the past. I think it's like episode 57 with Doug, our CEO. I think it's awesome to see companies that are helping folks in the trades and the salary-based model is pretty cool. So a little bit more on how it works. Homeowners pay a flat fee of either $200 a month or $2,000 a year for the convenience of this membership-based end-to-end service. So the app lets homeowners create a to-do list, schedule appointments, and also helps pair homeowners with specialists if needed beyond those typical handyman services. Yeah, pretty comprehensive service. And so the dedicated handyman comes by at least once a month to take care of home improvements as well as preventative maintenance. So obviously, hopefully you don't necessarily need urgent maintenance on your house every month, but the handyman will still come by and just, you know, knock on the walls, check the banister, make sure everything's still <laughs> up to code. And essentially the handyman will also take care of your classic maintenance and repair requests. Things like repairing broken appliances, cleaning the gutters, assembling furniture, fixing leaky faucets, all of those pesky, you know, home maintenance chores that seem to pop up pretty frequently. And, and the list goes on, really. Yeah, I think this preventative maintenance model is also one that can save homeowners money in the long run as well. So it may mm -hmm. seem it may seem like pretty expensive if if you just kind of take it at face value there initially. But if you think about it, there are some things that you can certainly save big repairs and big expenses down the road just by having this as a preventative measure. So I, I love that idea. I think that's a great point. That's a good way of selling the service to people who may not even need maintenance that frequently. Yeah. And, and I think homeowners can get behind that notion for sure. And the company launched its service just back in August of 2021 with only 10 customers currently available to single-family homeowners in the Bay Area suburbs, as well as recent expansion into the Dallas area, and we hope certainly into Austin and surrounding Texas towns here soon. Yeah, exactly. Some exciting development with their recent opening up of operations out in Dallas. And I think to highlight just some of the key metrics, over the past two years, the company has grown to more than 500 members and has completed over 20,000 tasks for homeowners. Additionally, the company grew members by 8x in 2022 and has almost doubled that number already thus far into 2023. So some remarkable growth that we've highlighted here, and I'm excited to see how this company will grow and compete with other handyman companies out there, as well as a company like TaskRabbit and other on-demand services that are continuing to emerge in today's digital economy. Yeah, I, I would like to think that they're well positioned, especially for like the demographic of millennials and soon Gen Z who will be owning homes and, and more likely to take on a, a modern service like this, a subscription. You know, everybody's used to having a subscription for everything. So <clears throat> while I want to support, you know, the local businesses, the local handyman down the street, I, I do think this company has carved out certainly a, a nice a nice path to to take on part of that market. Yeah, and I'd say one potential differentiator for them here or another potential differentiator is that by having those salaried contractors, they ensure consistency and also establish trust, I think. You know, there's a little bit of a concern with that when it comes to TaskRabbit or just in general, 
letting a stranger into your home, especially if it were on a monthly basis, that might be a little bit of a hurdle to overcome. You know, think about how uncomfortable people were with the concept of Uber when it first came out. So it's a nice little position that Honey Homes has carved out where they can actually establish some trust with customers who are literally opening their doors for handymen. Yeah, it's a great point. So we'll we'll be really excited to see how they continue to grow beyond really just this small initial phase. Still only 500 members or so. A lot of growth to to happen here soon to make it a viable business and ultimately return the capital to these investors and not to mention an impressive list of investors. Agreed and honestly similar to Topkey which we just covered Hopefully Honey Homes becomes Honey Apartments, right? I'd, I'd imagine that that's a pretty natural growth trajectory. Right now, as we highlighted, they do single family homes only, but maybe that expands to multifamily, to apartment buildings, to hotels, uh, and just kind of becomes a all-in-one comprehensive handyman service. That Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, and and if anybody's listening from Honey Homes, get in touch with me. We, we've got, we had Interplay Learning have all the training they'll need to to get those kinds of skills. If if you guys ever want to expand into multifamily and, and adjacent markets, skills are skills are tough to find these days. So quick plug there. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug, nice plug. All right, and closing out this week's dose, we have Pano AI, which is an AI powered wildfire detection startup, increasingly topical in light of all the wildfires that have been raging in Canada. The startup just raised a $17 million Series A extension to address the growing problem of wildfires. The round was led by Valor Equity Partners and joined by some new strategic investors, including T-Mobile Ventures and Salesforce. This raise bumped PanoAI's valuation slightly higher than it was off the heels of last year's $20 million Series A. Yeah, an extension is something we've come to see more frequently, especially within the last year, as funding activity has somewhat slowed, but there's there's still companies clearly getting funding. And, and this round is an indication of that with only a slight bump in valuation, but likely to get them to a point where they can raise a nice Series B. And that that is verbatim exactly what the founder of Pano AI said as well. Given the current venture capital climate, she didn't feel that the timing was right to raise a Series B. So this extension helps them maintain some flexibility, not have to you know, balance with the potential concerns of a down round. And especially considering the increasing demand being caused to all the wildfires that are spreading, they anticipate a large Series B down the line. And so a little bit on some wildfire stats. As we know, wildfires are becoming much more frequent and destructive due to climate change, especially in the United States. We've seen wildfires account for over $3.2 billion in damage between 22 and 23. And the government spent approximately $4.4 billion fighting wildfires in 2021, probably a lot more in recent years. On top of property damage, wildfires also have a significant impact on air quality, as we've seen. I've, I certainly experienced recently being up in Chicago a couple of weeks ago damage on crops, transportation, affecting resources, and also human and animal health. So wide-ranging effects from wildfires, probably a lot more that we didn't list. Right. And even when the wildfires aren't necessarily right next door, like in terms of Canada and New York, New York and Chicago, all these northern states still felt the effects just because of that smoke being blown in the wind. So it's you know a, a problem that isn't just local to one region. It can really mm -hmm. spread its wings in a bad way. 
as we saw with the recent ones in Canada. And so with those statistics that you just highlighted in mind, the solution here is PanoAI's high-definition remote-controllable cameras that they position on high vantage points. The cameras scan the landscape for smoke and fire, and an AI system alerts first responders if anything is detected. And this early detection allows first responders to start moving towards the fire hours earlier than the typical response time. And one can it, It's hard to even calculate how much damage and money is saved by getting to the fires hours earlier than typical. Yeah, incalculable indeed. And I think it reminds us of the company I covered last week, Windborne Systems, which mm -hmm. helps with wildfires using their weather balloons, but uh, a little bit of a different angle to the same problem. I think both could probably work in tandem to allow first responders to get there more quickly and ultimately save lives and, and money down the line. The, this system from Pano AI is already in use. So it's already been used to help firefighters in California, Oregon, and Washington. And just last week, Pano AI was able to send early warnings of the Kutch Road fire, which broke out near Kutch Mountain in Oregon. And the company detected the fire and issued a warning 14 minutes before the first 911 call. So just 14 minutes again, that could be huge in terms of helping people get out and, and also limiting the spread of the fire, which could grow exponentially, I'm sure. The, the damage is incalculable. <laughs> 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 yeah, so a great recent example of the exact use case for Pano AI and how much it could potentially save. And so as for early traction, just to highlight some numbers here, Pano AI is currently deploying approximately 100 units, and this number is expected to grow into the several hundreds of units by the end of the year. The company's cameras are actively monitoring over 6 million acres of land, and the company is growing rapidly in the United States as well as Australia, another country or continent that faces severe wildfire issues, and is already in discussion with partners in Europe for potential expansion there down the line. Yeah, so impressive already and the opportunity to continue to expand a little bit here on their pricing as we wrap up discussion here on Pano AI. It's $50,000 per station per year. So it's a subscription. I imagine they maintain ownership of the stations themselves, which is a business model you know we've become familiar with. It seems expensive, but certainly their solution offers the advantage of that early detection, which we know, and we've already said a couple of times, can save lives, and, and that is invaluable, right? Right, yeah, I think it's, it's an easy cost to justify, I'd say. Definitely, that annual recurring revenue at that price point, adding more and more area, can grow pretty quickly. It's just going to be a matter of can they justify that cost and, and are people going to be willing to pay it? Right. If And if that cost continues to be justified, this company will quite literally spread like wildfire, in my opinion. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired up. Hmm, you son of a... <laughs> now, here's, here's an example of a company that's really firing away on all cylinders. Yeah. Okay. I think we need to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, jokes aside, really excited to follow along with Pano AI's journey here, an exciting company for sure. And with that, I think that wraps up this week's dose. Dose number 75. We are three quarters of the way there to triple digits, oh. Oh, which baby. is incredibly exciting, but also it's starting to make me feel a little old, right? Podcast years are like 20 years to one, but... <laughs> 
but first and foremost, it was great being back on camera with you here, partner. Looking forward to getting back into our groove, being back in Austin soon. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for listening. Keep following along on our social media pages and to help spread the good word about all of these awesome, innovative companies that we covered on this week's Dose. Yes, sir. Signing off. Signing off. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of Startups and Venture Capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie, that's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do it.